Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your hosts, Right Worship Brother George Mudry. Worship Brother Joe. We're up here. You killed Kenny, you bastard. Poor Kenny. Kenny's not here. We, Kenny we, couldn't make it today. We covered him in our image of the Alamo, which is going to bring us. I thought it was perfect, actually. I kind of came up with it last minute because I said to Joe, I'm like, yeah, I've got a topic. <laughs> and then uh, I was trying to think of something to do for Memorial Day. And I just want to say, hey, Landon Bowers, good afternoon, brothers. Good afternoon. Um, I am wearing the shirt that uh, Danny gave us all. Yes, I almost wore brother, the same one. Brother Danny Collins, and uh, it's the Valhalla Project shirt. I'm I wore a today. different uh, grunt-style shirt. It's a beer, but it looks like the American flag, and it says America underneath. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, That's really cool. stripes and the, Very the bubbles. Cool. I like beer. I like America. Frank Sofra. Hello, brother. How hey, you doing? Frank. Hey, Frank. Um, yep, we're going to be doing uh, the Alamo today. Uh, Remember the Alamo. We figured that it's Memorial Day. We'll cover something. Really? We'll cover something Masonic uh, in regards to Memorial Day. I mean, and there's so many Masons that have died in, you know, and again, Memorial Day is not for thanking a veteran. Memorial Day is to remember the fallen. Veterans Day is for remembering veterans yeah a lot of people that, get that confused yes a lot of people uh well, memorial day is the opening of the pools the barbecues and all that shit just uh keep in mind while you're doing all that all those who passed so that you can have your barbecue and open your pool and go to parades and all that shit or so, have shitty podcasts or have, <laughs> that must be a reference to your uh, the cards against humanity, cards against thing, humanity yeah. game yeah they got a card in there that says uh starting a shitty podcast <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's wife plays it any t- any chance she gets, which is kind of funny. Landon Bowers, hey, did you all ever talk about the jesters? Uh, no, we have not talked about the jesters yet. That was kind of a, uh, we went around the round table if we were going to talk about it. We'll probably get somewhat into it, but I don't know much about it, and I don't believe it's very well known. And I don't think they talk about it much. I don't like, think, I, I think it's it. one of those things where well, they just don't talk at, about it. At some point, we will talk about the jesters. We just haven't got there yet. I know a few. Yeah, I know a few as well. But. We'll get to that, though. But today's episode is going to be about the Alamo. First, we've got a couple likes. Oh, people yeah, like us. They do like us. Uh, While you're doing that, should I charge the cannons? Damn it. Yes. Okay. Um, the video that I took a little while ago that I will be posting on the main page of Freemasons Podcast uh, was me scaring the bejesus out of uh, Joe. Oh, videotaped I that? videotaped that. You bet your ass I videotaped that. Huh? Uh-uh. Okay. So, yep, I videotaped it. Anyway, let's get into it. Ulrich, Dan, Davis, Romero, and Dennis James McConnell both liked the Freemasons podcast. 
So as soon as Joe's done charging the cannons, we'll toast them. Uh, Worship Brother Greg Schultz. Had a brother visit our lodge from Alamo Lodge 44, Grand Lodge of Texas. Awesome. That's cool. Yep, we're going to be talking about it. Who was a Mason and the many that were potentially Masons. Is that the peanut butter stuff? This is the peanut butter stuff. I smelled it. Oh, okay. I know the smell. Just, you know, yeah, I, I don't do peanut butter. I can't do peanut butter. I can't. I just can't do peanut butter. All right. To each his own. I like peanut butter. <laughs> but let's toast the likes. Joe, lead it. You haven't led one in a while. Brother, right hand to arms. Two arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire, good fire, fire all. That's good. Together, brother. Viva, viva, viva. Beautiful. Nice. Likes are covered. We're going to get into uh, the Alamo and the Masons that were there. I know there was many that were probably there that are un went unrecognized, but we're going to get into the big boys, the ones who were... It always reminds me of uh, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He's riding his bike. He ends up in Texas, and he gets knocked on the head. And they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? What do you remember? What do you remember? And he's like, I remember the Alamo. Because <laughs> that's where he got knocked unconscious. Yes. And everybody was all the Texans are like, woohoo! <laughs> I don't know. Just, that's what How old were you when you watched that? Oh, Christ. I was probably in middle school. I was going to say, I remember. I was a kid, kid. Eight, nine years old, maybe. Yeah, I was probably. I couldn't have been more than maybe 14, 13, 14, I'm guessing. Right. So, Joe has a theory, something that's been explored uh, in regards to Santa Ana. And we're going to get into that later. I think he was a shitty Mason, but whatever. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe not. If the theory is actually true. I'm going not only... Yes, he probably did. He prob- possibly do this theory. Yes. Yeah, we'll get into it. But that. it doesn't get over all of the things he's done in. Right. He was his, known as like quite the butcher. He was a nasty son of a bitch. Yeah, he was. So. Which but anyway, seemed to reconcile with being a mason. But we'll get into that. We are going to honor the the masons here, and uh, the honoring the masons of the Americans was James Bonham, James Bowie. Davy Crockett, Al, 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 Almiron Dickinson, William Barrett Travis, and those unidentified Masons who gave their lives in the Battle of Alamo, March 6, 1836. Sam Houston was there as well, was he not? But was he not a Mason? Uh, I guess he was. It doesn't have him listed on here. And again, I'm going off of the uh, Chairman Masonic yep. Education and Service Committee printed in um in the grand lodge of texas so if you want to cite this the actual thing is uh, grandlodgeoftexas.org and the the story is why we remember the alamo and i have to give credit to uh, brother dwight stevens which is where i've read it off of but and, and james brother james bowie he is the <laughs> one that correct. the the knife is named after if you've ever heard of a bowie knife mm-hmm. that is in fact who it's uh, that style is named after yep so uh basically how did this all start um, a bunch of Texans or Americans were going to Texas, which was at this at this particular point part of the Mexican Republic, and uh, they wanted to the Texans engage Mexican troops in the first official battle of the Texas Revolution. So the Texas Texas was trying to break away and become its own independent country, um, and immigrants from the United States were showing up and causing some trouble. A little bit, a little, little bit. bit. But they came from all different parts of the U.S. Mm-hmm. to to defend that. And the commanding uh, the commanding general, I guess you could say, was uh, Santa Ana. 
and I'm looking for his name, but uh, it says here. It was like Alejandro de something Santa Ana or something along those lines. It was, I found it right here. His name was, oh boy, I lost it. Oh, Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. I was close. Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. Anyway, uh, he show, so let's say here, Americans started pouring into this particular, into the state, and uh, he sent Colonel James Bowie with 30 men to remove artillery from the Alamo and destroy the complex. Bowie was unable to transport the artillery since the Alamo garrison lacked the necessity draft animals. So, again... The Alamo was actually a missionary, a mm-hmm. mission, mis- uh, missionary, 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 missionaries were whatever. the ones that were that uh, worked there. But yeah, it was a mission. It was like a, a church, a church. There, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and uh, they, uh, that's, I, I guess they were garrisoned or something there. That's where they hold up, so to speak. I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was no, it wasn't a military structure. It was a correct a church, a monastery, if you will. However, there is a very interesting keystone laid at the entrance of, uh, over the arch of the entrance at the Alamo hmm. that potentially has some Masonic symbolism to it. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Again, I'm just kind of looking into the, the Wikipedia information here. So, uh, but, so all these guys started going around. Uh, it says in a, letter, in a letter to Governor Henry Smith, but we argued that the salvation of Texas... Um, Depends in great measure on keeping Bixar, B with the E in the little Bixar, B-E-X-A-R, Bixar. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Out of the hands of the enemy. I guess it was a city or something like that. Um, so he went there and all these men showed up and then we get into the siege of it. Uh, it says uh, Bixar, if you will, had uh 1,500 Mexican soldiers, and I don't know the exact number of how many uh, troops were, were uh, American side was there. Uh, I was looking for the exact numbers. It tells you the Mexican numbers, but it doesn't. It, it was very few. It was very few. And, and that was seen. the, you know, in essence, to, to draw a correlation to another battle, think of uh, Sparta with the 300 mm. against the, uh, the mighty Persian army. It, it was that kind of a, a lopsided uh, yes. battle with the numbers. Mm-hmm. It says here at some point that the Mexicans over, had over uh, the army numbered 6,019 soldiers. So the Mexicans came heavy. <laughs> and the Americans, I think their numbers were only roughly maybe 1,000 to 600 or so. Yeah, it was it in the, the hundreds all. to the low thousands. <clears throat> it was not a lot at all. So as the battle got started, uh, it started off as uh, skirmishes, believe it or not. They were just skirmishing. Uh, the Americans were kind of going out and they were looking for supplies and the Mexicans would, uh, uh, they, they would, they would assault them so that mm-hmm. they were pretty much confined that there was nowhere to go. They were, the Alamo was it. Uh, there was even a story about how it got, uh, down to 39 degrees one night and the Americans would go out and forage and looking, they would go foraging for wood and when they would go out, the Mexicans would take pot shots at them to mm-hmm. try to keep them away. So. Um, eventually it got up to, let's see here, they started to assault the, the, the Alamo and the Americans fought him off, fought him off, fought him off. And, uh, Santa Ana, uh, he, once the, the final assault kind of happened, uh, they started a bombardment, uh, 10 PM on March 5th, uh, they stopped their bombardment 
And uh, as Santa Ana had anticipated, the exhausted Texians soon fell into the first uninterrupted sleep many of them had had since the siege began. Just after midnight, more than 2,000 Mexican soldiers began preparing for a final assault. So they were getting pounded. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they finally stopped the bombardment and they got one full night's sleep. Fewer than 1,800 were divided into four columns commanded by... What's COS? Colonels? Is it, is it plural? Constable? I don't know. Colonel Francisco Duke. Colonel, it would be I don't COL. Know. COL. Yeah, I don't know. COS. Colonel Jose Maria, uh, Maria Romero and Colonel Juan Morales. Veterans were positioned on the outside of the columns, uh, and they put their new recruits and conscripts in the middle, and then they assaulted the walls. And as... It goes, the first three Texian sentinels stationed outside the walls were killed in their sleep. So they crept up on them while they were mm -hmm. sleeping and gutted them or whatever they did, allowing the Mexican soldiers to approach undetected within the musket range of the walls. At this point, the sounds is broken by shouts of Viva Santa Ana, the music from the buglers. So they were playing, this woke the Texans. Most of the non-combatants gathered in a church Sacrosy? I imagine that's probably like the church's... Uh, I guess probably it, like the center of the church. I would I say kind of like in terms of a castle, it'd be the keep. Like right. It was like the, the hold, the stronghold. And uh, Travis rushed to his post yelling, come on, boys, the Mexicans are upon us and we'll give them hell. Then he passed a group of Tejanos, uh, some Spanish word, no renderse muchachos. Don't surrender, boys. Right? How'd I do? I don't know, but you're reminding me of... Have you ever seen the movie The Goonies? Yes. Where Corey Feldman's trying to read the, the map that's in yes. Spanish and he's yep. freaking butchering it? That's kind of how you sound right now. I'll give you that one. I do sound like him. Now I'm going to have to watch The Goonies tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm watching Rocky tonight because I believe in you. But anyway, we'll stick that for the end. On it. I know. Well, we'll talk shit at the end of the podcast. Yes. Um... So basically, the Americans were, in a sense, slaughtered. They got inside there, and uh, so the story goes that, what was it? Uh, I mean, some have disputed that this is the fact, but the last guy, or one of the last guys to fall was, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Boone, I think it says. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone, and there was 60 Mexican soldiers around his body. So he fought to the bitter end. Many historians have debated that, if that's the truth or whatever. But uh, what thing that Santa Ana did was he didn't care if there was women, children, because there was women and children oh, yeah. there. Yep. Uh, he went around and he actually bayoneted everything that moved. Yep. Either sword or bayonet is, is how everybody was killed. Yep. A lot of them bayonets. And like literally he would have women and children and, and men lined up on their knees and one by one, a soldier would walk over and just give him the shiv with the bayonet. And, yeah. You know, imagine being in that line, knowing your your turn is coming up. Yeah, I was looking for that story of where it says. Uh, I was re reading where I was trying to figure out where it said it. But uh, anyway, according to many battle accounts, between five and seven Texans surrendered. Incensed by his orders having been ignored, Santa Ana demanded the immediate execution of the survivors. Mm -hmm. So even the ones that surrendered, he killed them anyway. Killed them anyway. 
that's some that's some brutal shit. It is, and it's it really makes you start to think about him as a as a Mason. Yeah, and like that's. Well, I mean, you can make the same argument for Napoleon. I mean, he was going around just invading everything that freaking you know everything with the, you know with the government at some point. I mean, yeah, but you would think that if somebody were to surrender and ask for mercy, that a Mason more than likely would say, "Right, all right, yeah, pass by." Correct. Um, in his initial report, Santa Anta Santa Ana claimed that 600 Texians had been killed with only 70 Mexican soldiers killed and 300 wounded. It's probably a bullshit statement. Everybody who wins is always like, yeah, well, yeah I only lost like five guys. They lost 6,000. Like, of course, you're going to boost your own. Absolutely. Especially back in those days, you you want to boost your, I guess it was prestige. You know, if it was a sweet right, How many kills you got. Right, right. So, uh. Other estimates of the number of Mexican soldiers killed range from 60 to 200, with an additional 200 to 50 to 300 wounded. That sounds more correct. Most Alamo historians place the number of Mexican casualties between 400 and 600. Uh, that would be a third of his army, and that sounds more realistic. Yep. I mean, again, I've said it before, you don't got to be Stonewall Jackson to, 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 to know you don't basically you don't assault a fortified position. And if you are, and you have no choice, but to assault it, you know, you you're going to take a heavy loss. Yeah. And that's why you, you throw everything you have at it and you just figure at some point you'll overwhelm them in the way you would have, again, for me, I mean, cause I'm not an asshole and I'm not a, I'm not going to, as a Mason, I'm not going to go around slaughtering women and children and right. bayoneting the survivors. I would have just surrounded the fort and waited them out. Right. Cause like you said, they could have sat there, and taking their little pot shots every time they went out to try to get fire yep. or that's siege warfare. Get, you keep yeah, them under, just, keep them under wraps until basically they run out of food and water, yeah. and they come out and save your ammunition. And right. yeah, it, it just becomes a, a waiting game. Yeah, uh, some historians believe that one Texan, Henry Warnell, successfully escaped the battle. Warnell died several months later of wounds incurred either during the final battle or during his escape uh, as a courier. So, all right, so let's get into it. Um, we'll go into the Masonic end of it. All these guys were Masons. Uh, Masons are not ones that will turn on their people or, mm -hmm. or anything like that. So these boys stayed there. And I believe Alamo is considered America's Thermopylae, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard it, uh, I've heard it portrayed as that, that the Alamo is like America's Thermopylae. Um, but let's get into the Masons of it all. And you have, or there was a theory, Joe, and I'd like you to talk about it because I actually didn't hear about this until you brought it up. Yeah, so about it's Santa uh, Ana. It's, oh, and I want to be clear. Santa, let me, let me, before you start, Joe. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, back in 2013, April 4th, Texas Scottish writer for Masonry confirmed that Mexican General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana, commander of the Battle of the Alamo, and the Battle of San Jacinto was J A C I N T O. Jacinto was a Scottish Rite Mexican in Mexico. He originated his original Scottish Rite membership certificate is located in the Livingston Masonic Library of the Grand, of the Masonic Grand Lodge of New York. Oh, well, holy shit! I did not know that. So uh, that's on display. If anybody's interested, you can go to the Grand Lodge of New York, and you can actually see that which is pretty cool. Uh, all right, so now I'm going to let you get into your theory. Yes, yeah, so just uh, 
you know, the names you mentioned earlier, um, James Bottom, James Bowie, David Crockett, Almer and Dickinson, William Bartlett Travis, or Barrett Travis. These are all confirmed Masons that were there. There is a plaque uh, at the Alamo actually commemorating uh, them being there during that battle. But there's a very interesting theory out there mm-hmm. that Davy Crockett did not fall at the Battle of the Alamo. There's a, some accounts, because first and foremost, there are at least 10 different accounts of how Davy Crockett died at the Alamo. Mm. All different ways. Some by a sword, some by a bayonet. Uh, some, he was over overrun by 10 Mexican soldiers, and he got like six of them, and the other four mm. took him down. Uh, there are accounts saying that he was body was surrounded by a, a group of Mexican, Mexican soldiers. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's other accounts that say that he was in that line on his knees with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first and foremost, there's no real definitive right. story about how his death actually occurred. But there is a theory that he knew that General Santa Ana was a Mason. Or at least was hoping that somebody in the Mexican army was a Mason and he actually threw out the grand hailing sign of distress. But now, see, let me ask you, you, you mm-hmm. whatever. Let's just say that uh, Shepherd Salem Lodge came over. They're going to try shooting up Morningstar Lodge, right? Mm-hmm. We're all trapped in here. And ah, I can't even say that. The Rotary. Not rotary. Rotary. The Rotary is coming. But we find out that the commander of the Rotary is coming here is a Mason. Mm-hmm. You would think that Crockett? Mm-hmm. Went in there because he knew that everybody else who was a Mason, the, the name that I listed off, you'd think, like, Crockett would be like, hey, you believe this son of a bitch is a Mason? <laughs> like, if he, if Wait, he in what? fact knew. <laughs> but maybe it was just throwing a Hail Mary that maybe somebody here is a Mason that that could possibly spare his life. Maybe he didn't know Santa Ana was. Yeah, true. But the, the legend maybe it was like is, a last cry. Yeah. You know, he threw out the mm, 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 And then the legend says that Santa Ana stopped, recognized this, and spared his life. And then he just disappeared and went and lived a life. And there's different theories as to why that could have happened. But one of the pieces of evidence that leads us to believe that perhaps he did survive... There is a land deed mm. made out and signed by a David Crockett, not claiming that it's the same person, but mm. it is signed by David Crockett, issued by mm. President James Buchanan. Who was a Mason. Who was a Mason. <laughs> and it was a land deed, and it was dated, I want to say it was dated either several months or up to a year after the Battle of the Alamo. So and there are some that to say the mo- the question would be, well, what's the motivation? Why would they do that? Because that, remember the Alamo, mm. became such a rallying point and such a battle cry to continue that war effort that some say, well, no, it made sense. Because if he actually came back and says, no, here I am, mm. Santa Ana pardoned me or spared me, that might have changed the course. Maybe they wouldn't have had as much support. It wouldn't have become as much of a battle cry or a rallying point. So Buchanan just said, here's a bunch of land out wherever. Go, and he just lived out his life. Now, 
I'm super glad that you came up here and you actually knew that story because I found something else that I found extremely interesting. Considering that Santa Ana was, uh, he was, um, he committed atrocities a lot. Yes. A lot. Mm -hmm. You'd think that the American government or the American president would be like, no, we're going to get this son of a bitch and we're going to stick his ass to a pole and we're going to cut his head off and we're going to make an example out of him. Right. That you don't mess with the U.S., right? Unless that president... Wow. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. And this is I found interesting. Uh, General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana Perez de Lebron, that's him, that's a f big ass name. El Cabron. <laughs> I am not signing that signature at the bank. <laughs> um, he first came to power in 1833 during one of Mexico's many revolutions. He would dominate the Mexican political life for the next two decades. You got to listen to this, though, because it's interesting. Uh, Santa Ana was deeply flawed. His cruelty and willingness to commit atrocities, such as those at the Alamo and G-O-L-I-A-D. Golid, Golad, Goliad? Goliad. I don't know. I have not. Many of his are, are made infamous world around. Perhaps even worse it, for Mexico, he relied on instinct and was unwilling to learn new things. He lacked even the basic understanding of geography or the size of the vast territory of Mexico, claimed from Texas to California. In the end, Santa Ana's foolishness played a major role in losing Mexico and all the stretching of from Texas to California. Here's where it gets interesting. In 1836, Santa Ana personally led the Mexican army into Texas to put down the Texas uh, Revolution. After his army was wiped out at San Jacinto, he was captured on the battlefield and he was held prisoner in Texas for almost a year. During that time, he promised to recognize the full independence of Texas. However, the Mexican government disavowed his pledge since it was made under duress. Finally, Santa Ana was shipped off to the United States, where he made a colorful splash, was even celebrated by some abolitionists for his supposed opposition to slavery. After a meaningless meeting with President Jackson, Mason, Mason. <laughs> he was allowed to return to Mexico, where he was forced into retirement. Santa Ana only stayed away two years before jumping into the Pastry War, an international incident in which France attacked Mexico, supposedly over an assault on a pastry chef but really large French loans on which Mexican government had defaulted. Santa Ana rushed to Veracruz, where the French bomb were bombarding the city. During the attack, he was struck by a French cannon fire, and his leg had to be amputated. He was carted away, declaiming that he, he, was, he only wished to be buried on the field and remembered as a good Mexican. The British stepped in and ended the dispute, but Santa Ana was hailed as a hero by the Mexican people. Long uh, before long, he was back in power. Now I find that interesting. That second part, not so much the end of it, the pastry war, but he was taken as prisoner. Mm -hmm. He's taken to the to meet President Jackson, who's a Mason, who's a Mason, who and gave he, him a pardon, and he, and he had allegedly killed a Mason. Being I'm not even thinking the Mason thing though, right? Like. There has to have been some sort of uh, understanding. There had to have been an understanding, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, maybe Buchanan knew that he saved Crockett. Maybe. And Buchanan passed that on to, to Jackson. Hey, 
We're gonna be we're gonna be easy on right. him. He saved the brother. And, he let and brother hey go. you, Santa Ana, we're gonna let you go, but disappear. Go retire. We don't want to see you again. But it's interesting though, like because yeah. you'd think Jackson, especially Jackson, the guy whose name was Old Hickory. He hated the British. He was a warmonger. Like he yeah. was. Jackson was a nasty bastard. No too. problem killing people. He had no problem. The Battle of New Orleans and the Battle yeah. of eighteen twelve. Yeah, he had no issues. He he, you know, hated the British, you know, tremendously. Mm-hmm. But he was a war, like he was a war hero. Right. Jackson himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for Jackson, who was a, again, he had his nickname, Old Hickory, you would think that the minute he got his hands on Santa Ana, he'd have just mm-hmm. beat the shit out of him or or strung him up as an example. But of all people, Jackson? Who let, had, who was him, not known as a forgiving man in the no, least bit. No. Said, eh, even though you, you know, killed these people at the Alamo and, and killed a national hero. Move along. Yeah, go move back. Along. Go home. <laughs> I'm no. thinking like, yeah. Obi-Wan, move along. Yeah. There's move nothing along. to see here. Nothing to see here. But you know what I'm saying? You're looking Tell for. me that's not interesting. And now that it's you, very interesting. When you rounded that all off with the, the uh, Crockett story mm-hmm. and Buchanan and everything, like, here, here's Santa Ana walking in going, I mean, I'm right. not, not going to lie. I mean, judging off the stories that I've heard of, of, of Andrew Jackson, I wouldn't want to meet this guy. Well, and I'm a Mason Woodham. Like. So we know what Jackson did. And now knowing that Santa Ana was certainly no saint. I mean. And which most people probably, you know, knowing his history, have been like, yeah, you know, we don't need him around anymore. We'll take care of him. Well. You know, we'll off him. We, right. we and we won't shed a tear because he was such a a horrible person. Right. Um, but yet, one of the least forgiving presidents in American yes. history decided. Eh, Nathan Moss. Let you slide. He says, uh, "Brother Nathan Moss hates the British. Sounds like a dick." <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be clear. I and mean, if you read the story about Jackson's life, he had a freaking rough life. He actually, um, during the American Revolution, he was a courier, and he was only a kid at this point. He was captured by the British, and I guess, I think it was his mother and father both died. He killed his whole family. Oh, wow. Um, and he was forced into basically being a slave for a British officer, to which the British officer told him to shine my boots, and he told him, hmm. up your ass, I'm not doing it. And uh, the British soldier, or the British officer, beat the shit out of him. So, I mean, it's a deep-rooted hatred yeah. that, I mean, sorry. There's a reason why. It there's a reason why. It wasn't just because, oh, I hate British people. Right. Like, he, his family was killed by the British, and uh, that pre- pretty much do it. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward to the War of 1812, where he's now a commander and a general at the Battle of uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Now, the British are coming. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Here, here's my chance. Yeah, all right. I've been waiting. A, I've been waiting a long time for right. you. No, but when you put that, and I just want to ahead. say that actually, uh, to my knowledge, uh, Andrew Jackson was the first American general to ever put blacks in the same order with whites, uh, with the exception of the American Revolution. But this was like after the American Revolution. This mm-hmm. is 1812. He actually, there was no, there was, there was an no integrated sec- or integrated, yeah. yep. and he even took civilians out of New Orleans and said, "Here, here's a rifle. You get up there and you fight, or I'll blow your freaking head off back yeah. here. You're gonna defend the city." And uh, that's that's some gangster shit, though. <laughs> but that's why he he hated uh, the British. Uh, but now, let's get back into this. Andrew Jackson, 
He's a hard, unforgiving son of a bitch. I mean, yeah. he was also, he did his own atrocities besides Absolutely. giving the... typhoid blankets to the Indians and mm -hmm. stuff to move west. So he wasn't exactly a, you know, a, a sweetheart either. Right. Right. Yeah, listen. Which would masons. We, we... <laughs> give even more credence to... We're masons. We try to... Yeah, no, he's, he's <laughs> certainly not the poster child for masonry no. and, and Masonic conduct by any means. <laughs> by any means. Yeah. Oh, uh, Nathan Moss. Uh, well, I guess it's just justified that guy knows how to hold a grudge. Hey, damn right he does. <laughs> Which I find funny that he met Santa Anna and he let it go. Like, here's Jackson moving west, right? Here's Jackson moving west. Here's Santa Anna who was, a, who was stopping Texas from becoming independent because he knew that it was Americans who were going to. Right. So eventually... Texas is going to become part of America. Let's mm -hmm. be clear. Or the United States. Let's be clear. It's going to happen. It was Americans who were going to Texas. Right. And let's not forget, fight. <laughs> Davy Crockett wasn't from Texas. He was from Tennessee. One of them was actually a, a, a senator or a, a, a House of Representatives or something I think like that. Davy Crockett was, uh, I, I believe he was, was in the statesman. Senate at the time. I think he actually left the Senate to go fight I, I believe at the Alamo. Right. Yes. Uh, I was looking for that. Um, I can't find it. No. Davy Crockett was a very prominent American. He was a, a senator, or a pretty sure a senator, could have been a representative from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, and when all this started happening, he's like, all right, I got to I gotta pack up and I got to go. Yeah, he, he was a statesman, I believe. He was something to do with the government. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Can you imagine one of our senators now doing that? <laughs> well, there's a few. Uh, there's a few. There's a, there's a, few. a few. Let me tell you. Who's that guy? Is his name Crenshaw? The guy with the iPad? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd do it. Yeah, he would. He'd do it. I like him. I like him a lot. I can even see uh, Jim Jordan doing it. There's a few, but, not, uh, you know. Uh, Davy Crockett was a senator. Heath Moss, thank you very you much. Thanks, Chief. Um, yeah, so I, I'm still, I'm still can't wrap my head around Santa Ana walking into Jackson. But imagine what was going through this guy's head before. He's about to meet Andrew Jackson. Right. <laughs> right. But think about this, too. Like getting back to Davy Crockett and the the grand hailing sign of distress. Imagine, you know, you're in a fit of rage. You're, you're Santa Ana and you're just on this bloodthirsty mission where you just don't care. You don't give a damn about anything or anybody. You're laying waste to everything. Right. And then you have somebody who you're about to stick a sword or a bayonet in, give you the grand hailing sign of distress. That's going to stop you in your tracks. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to, you're probably going to stop and be confused for a little bit. And that, that stopping might be enough to trigger, as horrible as a man as he was, that might have been that reminder of his obligation and enough where it's like, now I'm having a dilemma. Now what do I do? Right. And then it's like, you could, he could have that moment of, mm. all right, maybe this will make up for all the horrible things that I did. I'll let him go. <laughs> Um, I just want to back up. Uh, Heath Moss, he actually yeah. left home uh, to live on his own. He's the age of 14. That would be uh, Andrew Jackson. Uh, yes, you're, you're right. I don't. I listened to a documentary on him, and it was one of those documentaries where I, I listened to it, and I'm like, holy s***. <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay, was, that explains it. Yeah, but I, 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 he is right. He left at the age of 14. I think his dad or mom, one of the two died. And then I can't remember the exact story, but I know that I do remember the the story about the the British officer who took him into captivity as a courier for the um, American you know patriots, 
and uh, he took him into captivity. And I remember him telling him to shine his shoes, and he said, "I ain't doing it." And the soldier or the officer beat the living hell out of him. Or he something. said, "Hey, in case you didn't notice, I ain't shining oh, no shoes no more. I ain't shining shoes no more." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the officer said, "Get your shine box, <laughs> you." Mother- <laughs> but uh here's what i okay so this is imagine this this is i gotta look back and just to make sure here and just so you while you're while you're looking back you know this this theory um that we talked about with davy crockett and santa Ana, and davy crockett possibly not uh not dying at the alamo was actually explored by brother scott walter mm-hmm. uh in one of his episodes of america unearthed and i think he actually got his hands on that on that land deed and, and was looking into it. So it just, this isn't just some like far out uh, theory that, you know, we read on just some article uh, on the internet. It's actually been explored by some pretty prominent people. So the battle of Jacinto happened in 1836. Okay. Um, so at this point, I mean, you, again, news traveled much slower back in this time. Oh yeah. Right. But you, there are certain people that, you know, you had to have known had a reputation behind them, mm-hmm. right? So Santa Ana. I believe news traveled through pamphlets back then. Yeah, I believe so too. No, newspapers. newspapers. Oh, I got you. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Taking a shot of yourself. I'm proud of you. It's very nice. Um, but news traveled back then. And there were prominent figures, especially Andrew Jackson at this point, would have had a reputation that oh, yeah. probably traveled worldwide. Yep. Um, so Santa Ana, I'm sure, knew of him. Santa Ana was doing his own atrocities, but I'm sure that he's hearing what Andrew Jackson did from 1812 up until whenever. Oh, yeah. If, if your job is the military right, and you know that at some point there will be a conflict between mm. Mexico and the United States, you know your adversaries. Of course. You're finding out as much information as you can. So now I'm just placing my head in the... In Santa Ana, I'm, play, I'm putting myself in Santa Ana's shoes. Where now he's caught, he's in prison, and they ship him up to meet Andrew Jackson. He's probably what was he thinking in his head? Like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like that scene in Empire Strikes uh, Back where Christ. the door opens and Vader's there, and Han Solo's like, Christ, here we go. Now what the fuck? <laughs> right, you're right. You're right. Like, the door opened. That had to have been me. Be pleased not. if you would join us. Mason or not, there had to have been a sense of panic. Oh, of yeah. What the hell is going to happen to me? You know, or it may not and, have even been panic. It might have been, okay, this is it. But I'm, I'm going to accept it. Uh, yeah. But I'm going off of your theory that Crockett survived. He mm-hmm. gave Crockett the green light. Go. <laughs> Get out of my sight. Right. And, but he doesn't know maybe that Andrew Jackson knows or whatever. So you get what I'm saying? Like right. he shows up and he's like, or I'm done. I'm dead meat. And then Andrew Jackson's like, here, we're sending you back to Mexico. Right. Or maybe he pulled the same thing Crockett pulled. Maybe faced with Andrew Jackson, knowing that his death was imminent. Maybe he pulled the old ah, hailing sign of distress. That's a good theory, too. Maybe he did the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. Just saying. Or maybe they, at some Fair point enough. it came out. Yeah. In the conversation. That's a good point. I never even thought like, about that. Who knows? That. I don't know if Jackson wore a ring or a lapel pin or... Probably not. Had any thing in his, you know, you never know. But, mm. you know, again, maybe faced with uh, your imminent death, you're, you're reaching. <laughs> yeah. You're going to throw anything out there and see if it sticks. Especially if it's been used on you. Right. I wonder if there was a grand hailing sign back then, though. Uh, according to research, there was. 
There was. Yes. Really? Because okay. I think the grand hailing sign of distress even goes back to um, UGLE. Really? I believe so. Although I hope, we'll have hopefully to get one of our read. Brits. Uh, yeah. Nathan is like half Brit, right? Nathan is. Nathan. <laughs> Jesus. You're asking for it. <laughs> what? He's, well, he's in the States now. He's a transplant, isn't No, Nathan. Oh, no, Nathan. Uh, Danny is a transplant. Right. No, I knew Danny was. I, th- I thought Nathan might have been. No. How about Jamie? Jamie's a transplant, though, no, right? No. They're both still over in the they're, old country? They're both still over Oh, there. wow. Good. They could stay there. Uh, <laughs> Worship brother Ryan Nordstrom, but going into war for what you feel is right, and it's not sacred, more of a burning for righteous. But going into war for what you feel is right, and it not a seek. I I think I think what he's getting at. He's saying that war is cruel regardless of the fact. Um, and uh, I think uh, Ryan, you, you're right though. I mean, war is war as hell, and you know, unfortunately, you know, when you're at war, there's a lot more at stake than just your Masonic, uh, I guess, input. That's not where your mind is. I guess you could say. What am I missing? Nathan Moss. Uh, full-time Brit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get what, I get what uh, Warshaw Master, uh, Warshaw Brother Ryan's saying. He's saying that, you know... You, when you feel like you're on the side of righteousness, you may do things that you wouldn't normally do. Is I, that what he's kind of saying? I, I think that's what he's getting at. But yeah. also, I believe that, you know, if you go into war, you're, you're going into war not expecting to run across a mason that's going to, you know, ask for mercy. You're thinking that these guys, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I imagine, you know, you know, for all those who've served overseas and going to Iraq and Afghanistan and everything, you're not expecting to walk into a Masonic uh, Iraqi who hits you with a certain... Right, like, right. Whoa! Like... Right, that's gonna... I didn't see that one coming. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. you're going over there to, you know, lay down some hate and discontent. Like, right. you're not going over there to... Well, uh, I don't want to shoot him. He might be a Mason. Right, no, because you've got to do, you you take do one a in job. The face, right. You know what I mean? you got a job to do. Right. So, no, I totally agree, uh, Brother Ryan. Sorry, going into that situation is not being scared. It's more of a situation of being right and what you feel is going on. Yeah, no, there we go. So, although if you're offering visas, I'll take one to the 51st state. <laughs> so, that was a little Discord joke that we had going on uh, that I was putting in things saying... Uh, Britain's going to become the 51st state. So that was back and forth. How do you, uh, how do you read about that? How do you uh, get on Discord and, and go into there? How for? do you read about the 51st state jokes? Well, you, you would have to uh, be a member of Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You will get exclusive access to our Discord page, which includes uh, a chat room, a live <gasps> chat, and now even a video chat room. Uh, in addition, you will get access to some Patreon-exclusive recordings and broadcasts, including... Santa Sabotage, which is my personal favorite. And on top of all that, for as little as $3 a month, you also get a gold tone, the Freemasons podcast, the Pelt So I just have to, two things. Apologize to uh, some of our um, uh, our Patreon guys. The pins got sent back to me. Apparently I need more postage because they're too damn heavy. Oh. So I have to send them. High quality. I have to send them out again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of them got them. I don't know why. Some people got it. Others didn't. <clears throat> Probably weird. depends on the post office and who was working that day. Yeah. Because well, uh, I know Peter Daigle got his. I know. Um, yep. Was it Bill Powell that posted his? I believe Bill Powell. No, not Bill no, Powell. No, Rob Fowler? No, 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 no. 
Um, Somebody else. Yeah, whatever. But I, some of them came back to me. I will get them out again shortly. And if you are a Patreon and you have not got a coin, or excuse me, a coin, a uh, pin, make sure I have your address. You can send it to me through Patreon, Discord, uh, in a private message, or uh, my own personal Facebook messenger and everything. Uh, he said, uh, Heath Moss, Brexit to America. <laughs> it's called Brenter. Um, <laughs> All right, one other thing mm-hmm. I want to address, and it's kind of the elephant in the room. And You're calling me fat again? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Thank you. And uh, I've been trimming down. In Discord, we've been having a conversation about uh, a certain boxing match. Oh, yeah. Myself and uh, brother Danny Collins. The ice cream man. The Danny ice cream Collins. man. <laughs> and if you were in Discord, you would know what that reference was. Yes. Um... But I have to say that if this is going to happen, and there's no guarantee it is. God, I hope so. <laughs> it would be doing, we would be raising money for charity for brothers who have suffered through this COVID thing. Excellent. So that's what it's going I to hope be. we can pull this. There's got to be like a a pal or something, or I don't think they're a pal anymore. They're whatever. Uh, but like police athletic league, most of the most how locations had a boxing ring there's uh, got to be a place that'll offer it up for for charity for this event there's got to be boys Nate, club ymca something nathan moss i think you can guess i haven't got mine shocker actually i sent it out and they sent it back you were one of them <laughs> well if you lived in the united states you probably would have gotten it. he said i'm only down the road <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway one other thing i want to talk about and we're going to go back to the last episode that we recorded the georgia guidestones yes on Patreon, I just uploaded it before you guys came here. I, I uh, did an, a Patreon live feed, and I started reading Common Sense Renewed by R.C. Christian. Yes. I'm convinced he's a Mason. Okay. I'll, off air. If you want to listen to it, go to uh, <clears throat> join Patreon. You can hear, and I mean, the first freaking paragraph, I'm like, dude's got to be a Mason. <laughs> well, and well, but got to be a Mason. But keep in mind, remember what my theory was as far as the Grange. Which I actually... And I was leaning that way when it first started. When mm-hmm. I first started reading it, I'm like, oh, he's talking about all agriculture. And then he just flipped the script on it. And I'm like... So I, I shot an email to, uh, to Janet Walter uh-huh. um, Friday morning. And she actually re- replied back and said it was not something that they had explored. But she found the, uh, the thought very interesting. And it was entirely possible. And actually pulled Alan in and said, hey, let's... Oh, this wow. might be something to explore. So they're going to explore it? You have... Oh, that's awesome. Because, you know, if a person's... Uh, there was a lot of overlap mm-hmm. in fraternal society. So he could have been a Rosicrucian and a Mason mm-hmm. and a member of the member of the Grange. Right. Um, but she agreed with my premise of, okay, if there was some post-apocalyptic or, or great devastation on the United States, we would likely return to an agricultural-based society. Mm -hmm. And in that instance, wouldn't it make sense that the Grange would be involved? Even though some of these things are very Masonic. I said even Alan said that the Grange was more Masonic than the Masons themselves. Um, She found the the theory interesting and shot it to Alan, and who knows what comes of it. but, um but again, shout out to Janet Walter and Alan Butler for being on last time. Great, That's cool. Great people. Look into it. Yeah, That'd be cool. 
Uh, let's see here. Ryan Nordstrom. He uh, works for brother Ryan Nordstrom. I hope he beats the hell out of George. Why does everybody think that I'm going to get my ass kicked? I have that's a plan. That's fine, though. No, I'm that's fine. fine Let with that. I'm, we're we're going to shock the in world because you know what my mom's listening yes she is i was gonna say sorry mom sorry (laughs) mom (laughs) but no we're all i got i got again i got plans i got plans for you i will just say and i love brother danny collins and this is all in brother the love and friendship i want everyone to understand there is no hard feelings there's no this is just like a nice little friendly competition all friendly competition but i want to say it's always the guys with the biggest mouth Mm -hmm. that get the shit beat out of him mm-hmm. it's the quiet guy who doesn't say anything and keeps his tongue i got such a plan for you oh my god i you're gonna we're gonna oh. you're just i told you you're gonna be like mick you're nothing but a bum you bum i know you're gonna do it i'm gonna be a combination of mick apollo creed's coach paulie oh god and whoever else trained him oh no and rocky balboa is just don't apollo put me on the yoga there. ball please no no i've but tried I got... the yoga ball trying to stay on there and as i'm trying to hold the weight and do the lift you know do, do the weights with the yoga here's ball. what i promise I'm getting, hold on i get five seconds in and it's like <laughs> like as i'm sitting there trying to put the weight well up. we got to so change just... your diet too we got to change yeah, your diet but here you're gonna if you allow me to train you the way that i want to model you and train you when this is all over Remember that scene so in Rocky like my, 3? you're like my Creed, is what you're saying. You're like my Apollo Creed yes. to when, when, when Rocky lost. Yes. And, That's what it is. And can we you know what's going to happen? on the beach. Yes. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to say you're going to love this so much. You're going to run on the beach. Can I have the shirt up to here? Yeah, and you got to have the little shorty and shorts. And the little shorty too. shorts. But the high socks. Oh, the high socks. Can I my mic off? I think I shut my mic off. The shorty shorts and the high socks. And oh, when, you, when you finally beat me in a race... We're going to like hug in slow motion on the beach That's and jump around like they it. did. Yes. Oh, We're awesome. going to do that. Just don't die in the second fight. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to come out of retirement, take on like, I don't know. Raph. Raph. No, I got Raph. <laughs> um, but it's like, no, I, I, I like I'm excited as excited about this as you are because I'm I know excited. you can do this. I believe in you. I'm excited. More in the fact that if this actually happens, we will be raising money for yes. brothers who are struggling right now through all this. Well, because there's opinion. a lot of people that are going to pay to see this. So if it means that I have to rearrange Danny's face to get other brothers some money, I'll do it. It'll be the third time in American history that the uh, <laughs> that the Americans have beaten the Brits. <laughs> yeah. 1776, 1812, 2020. <laughs> That's, it's going down. It's happening. Oh, I'm going to wear God. a big red wig. Like, I'm going to get a Don King wig, but it's going to be red. I'm going to be the promoter, too. <laughs> Only in America. I'll be Don Ginger. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to go back and just back up a little bit. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. I got a little excited. No, no, you're fine. It was a fine little segue. Um, we're, I want to talk one last thing about the, the Common Sense Renewed. It's actually a really good read. Yeah, I bet it would be. Um, if you want to hear it, you're more than welcome to join Patreon and listen to me read it. Um, I'm pretty good. I didn't screw up too many words. Well, that's the thing. Um, you could either go out and buy the book for probably 15, 20 bucks or... It's actually a pamphlet. Okay, but how much does it cost? I don't know. 15, 20 bucks probably. Or for as little as $3 a month, you can have it read to you. You get the audio book and listen to it in your car. And I also add my little commentary on the side of it too when I'm sitting there going... Uh, Which makes it invaluable. Yeah, because I 
say? He's a freaking Mason. I started pointing things out. I actually said, there's something in the ritual that he says in the book, like, or in the pamphlet. Um, there's something Guide that book. he says. Guidebook. 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 You're right. He actually, it sounds Masonic. And I'm like, yeah. oh, holy shit. Like, wow. Like, how do you deny that this guy wasn't a Mason? Right. Right. Crazy. Right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, anyway, let's, uh, I think we can put a fork in this one, right? Like you're going mean, to do to Danny Collins. I must break you. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so. I've been watching Rocky. I went for like a four mile walk today, and for most of that walk, I was listening to Rocky music. <laughs> and then I, when I got home, I worked out and I was listening to more Rocky music. And I pulled out my Rocky DVDs that I'm going to watch tonight because I'm like all in this for you. Uh, it'll be fun either way. Anyway, if it does happen, well, it'll be good for a good cause. We need cause. to make it happen. We're Santa Ana, Freemason. All the other guys, Freemasons. What's your final verdict? We're getting back into the Alamo. What's your final verdict on what happened to Crockett, Santa Ana, Buchanan, Jackson, the whole deal? Do you think in your heart of hearts that besides the conspiracy theory that Crockett got away, do you believe it? I do believe that in some way Freemasonry played a part in both either the death or, or non-death of Davy Crockett and in the forgiveness of Santa Ana. Uh, I, I think it... it the man was a war criminal mm. that was just let go by one of our most ferocious presidents that we've ever had. Yeah. There had to be a reason, and it, we know it wasn't out of the kindness of his heart. Oh, we know it that. It freaking wasn't. So <laughs> to what extent it played a role, I don't know. But yes, I do believe it played a role. Absolutely. So now how did that go down? Before I get into my final thing, and I'm pretty much right in line with you, how do you think that went down? Because, I mean, was Crockett kept alive for Santa Ana? Because think about it. Could you imagine him dropping whatever sign he's dropping? Like Santa Ana would have had to have recognized it. So right. did they say, Did was that his order? Like thinking about it in a, in a negative term, I'm going to make an example out of this guy Crockett. Keep his ass alive because I'm going to rip his head off and I'm going to mail it to, you know, whoever. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think that's why Crockett was the last one? Because think about it. Crockett couldn't have been killed earlier by a Mexican soldier because another Mexican soldier who's not a Mason would not have recognized a sign or word right. or a syllable. Right. right. So it had to have been Santa Ana that spared him, right? Yes, and I'm thinking and it, it came... And it didn't happen mid-battle. Everybody else had right. to have been dead because could you imagine him dropping the sign and then, I'm sorry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same damn thing. Oh, and I'm not even a Mason, like to save my own hide. Right. Oh, he's sparing him? Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? I am, too. See, my guess is, or my theory would be that my theory, Crockett yeah. being one of the more prominent Americans in the battle, they knew this, or maybe that perhaps they knew he was a senator. Right. They didn't. The soldiers didn't kill him immediately. They saved him for the general. For the general. and then Because he, he was, like, in essence, the highest-ranking official there. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is some respect between on the battlefield between high-ranking officers, and maybe they pulled him in for Santa Ana, and then now, see, I that's when the sign was thrown. I see, yeah, I, and I see it the opposite thing. I actually think Santa Ana was like, I'm going to make a, an example out of this son of a bitch. We're going to keep him alive, and I'm going to make an example out of him. Like, I want to be the one to deal the death blow to the guy who's got the balls to stand up to me. Before he knew he was a mason. Before he knew yeah, he was a mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he showed up and drew his saber, whatever he was going to do, right. he hit him with some words. Bada bing, bada boom, bada like, bing. Oh, crap. Now what? <laughs> and then he went, oh. Yeah. No, I, I yes, I, I, I agree with that. I think we're kind of saying the same thing. Yep. Slightly different. Right, but, right, right. 
ultimately, I don't think he kept him alive out of the kind of desire. Oh, he's a statesman, you know. Oh, we'll, we'll you know we'll treat him with higher respect because he's a statesman. No, I think nah, I no, think no. that's why I think it he was wasn't killed by just your yeah. average soldier. It was, right. hey, Santa Ana wants this guy. He wants to make the example out of him. He wants to do it himself. Whoa. What do we got? Brother Nathan Moss, do you think John Wayne, also a Mason, got his role of Crockett in the film because of this, his acting career, or a mixture of the two? So John Wayne, who was a Mason, played Crockett. Yes. <sighs> Very poorly, I might add. John Wayne did not do well with the tennis, trying to pretend he was from Tennessee. But um, no, That's I think an interesting theory, though, to be like, could you imagine? No, John have Wayne. Have a Mason play a Mason. But John Wayne also, I think, was at a point in his career where he'd be like, yeah, no, I want to be that guy. Well, why do you want to be that I guy? I think that's... I want to be that guy. Yes. Okay, Mr. Wayne, you can play whatever you want. <laughs> I think... I don't know if he was recruited for that role because he was a Mason, but I could see him being one of the most prominent actors in America at that time, mm-hmm. knowing that a movie was being made about Davy Crockett. Yeah. And saying, I want that role. Yep. And he could, in essence, call his shots at that point. Who's going to turn much. down? No. Who's going to stop John Wayne? Right. Yeah. It's and you know it's box office. You know you're right. gonna you're gonna have a huge box office. Why would you right. say no? I I do believe that in this whole. And again, I was I didn't know anything about this, and I'm gonna say like you know, knowledge is interesting because I didn't know anything about. Uh, I knew that Santa Ana was a, a Freemason because mm-hmm. I, I researched that before, but I did not know about the theory of Crockett getting away. Yeah. And then. When you started talking about it, I'm like, and then you know, I also did the research at the end of it where I said, uh, you know, you know, Jackson let him go. I'm like, why in the why living would he hell would he do that? Makes Especially no sense. a guy who was like a war criminal in a sense. Right. Especially Jackson, who's a nasty bastard. Nobody got away from Jackson. Right. And it makes no sense. He until it makes sense. Yeah, now it it really does. Now it it all kind of pinned it together, and I'll tell you, Jackson was a malicious bastard. He yeah. didn't give a shit. So it all kind of it came full makes circle, right? A there. little bit more sense. See? See? Good team, right? Wonder here. Twin Powers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. All right, all right, everyone, have a happy and safe Memorial Day. Let's yes. charge your cannons one more time. If you wouldn't mind, somebody charge your cannons. Oh, thank you, Joe. I could have probably got up, but yeah, no, I'll do Temple Bar. We're going to charge the cannons one more time. We're going to charge and line the cannons, and we are going to salute uh, all those servicemen of any country who have fought, bled, and died for freedom. So anybody who is on here, I challenge you to do the same right now, is to find a cannon, charge it. We're going to do a toast. To all those service men and women who have fallen in, in the line of duty, defending what's right. Brethren, ladies and all, <clears throat> right hand to arms. To arms. Ready. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire, fire all. Together. Viva, viva, viva. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Happy Memorial Day, all. And we'll see you later for the Freemasons podcast. I'm Right Worship Brother George. Marjorie signing off. Worship Brother Joe signing off. Have a good night, everyone.